Angie has made it easier than ever to hire high-quality pros to get all your home service jobs done well. Just bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie will connect you with local pros who match your specific needs. Or book a service instantly at an upfront price. So join the millions of homeowners who use Angie to care for their homes and get your next home service job done well. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Welcome to this week's play-by-play of the Hangtime Podcast. Joining us now, comedian Chelsea Peretti, NBA All-Star Roy Hibbert. Roy is our nation's most treasured actor. He's got chops, he's got talent, and he also has three tickets to Lakers. <laughs> With your host, Galliot Anderson, stops it now behind his head. Seku Smith, Lang Whitaker, and Rick Fox. The NBA's Executive Vice President of Basketball Operations, Stu Jackson, is joining us now on the podcast. I wanted to ask you, Stu, when players see you coming, do they get out of the way now? No. The worst thing that happened to me was uh, caller ID. And it's, it's our main man, Roderick Turner from the Los Angeles Times. Hey, too, can I say this first? <laughs> you know you when can. When I was covering the Lakers, when Rick Fox played, I had hair. They wore me out. <laughs> now it's time for the tip-off. Ten in the game. Walker's going to drive all the way. Block. Rebound. Henderson doesn't score. Mullins battling underneath. A scramble. It's loose. Gordon for the win. No! Lakers hang on! Let me tell you right now, the Lakers are very, very happy about this W, but they are very, very upset at their performance, and they should be. They ought to be what? <laughs> they ought to be in what? Are they, are they really that upset? <laughs> I, I mean... The way they played, that was, that was a pretty good game. I was going to say, you take them where you can get them. Seku Smith from the Hangtime blog at NBA.com. Lang Whitaker, Rick Fox, and our special guest, Mark Spears, hanging out with us here for the kickoff of the show. Fellas, how you doing? Merry Christmas and all that good stuff. Uh, happy holidays. My, uh, my only uh, issue is that I wasn't included in hearing the intro, so if there was a joke about my hair, <laughs> or, who, who do I need to crack a joke back at? Bra- uh, the- Brad Turner. Uh, I think that should Brad. be directed at Brad Turner. Yeah. Uh, okay. All right. <laughs> I, 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 know where to find, I know where to find Brad. Exactly. <laughs> Guys, Mark Spears is hanging out with us as well. Mark, how you doing, man? Oh, man, life is good, man. Still got a job. They still pay me every other week. So. <laughs> well, it's a good thing you don't work for the Lakers because you might be out of a job at the way they've been playing. You, you heard that? Oh, you, they're not getting rid of anybody. <laughs> time with all that garbage at the end of their bench. <laughs> you heard that? You heard that? Uh, that call from last night's game against the Bobcats, where they where they survived. I, I, I'm sure everybody's seen the picture of uh, Kobe and Powell snuggling and uh, hugging and stuff after the game, like you know. Do we feel any better after this little three-game streak? Or is, do we have to look at the opponents and remember they didn't exactly beat the Thunder, the Heat, you know, and, uh, and the Spurs during that stretch? Well, I think the Lakers are going to take a win any way they could get it right now. Yeah. Um, it's, just, it's just gotten to that. I mean, it, it looks like it's getting better, though. Uh, Steve Nash could be back Saturday. But the one thing, as Rick would say, you know, Steve ain't blocking no shots. And to me <laughs> – that's been the Lakers' biggest problem is defense. But, uh, you know, I'm, I'm excited to see how they play with Steve. They got a little wind behind their back now. But their next game on Saturday 
it's funny. I don't know if ever in NBA history the Warriors have ever hosted the Lakers where the Warriors had the better record. Oh, come on. I'm serious. <laughs> I mean, no, it's not, I'm not joking. I mean, I, I could never think. Maybe when Wilt was there, yeah, that's <laughs> right. I that's but that's that's how things have turned, and, wow. and I would never have guessed this for for the Lakers, but that's certainly the state of their struggles and the Warriors' uh, surprising uh, start. Lang, with your ATL roots, I got to ask: and <clears throat> after watching him respond to questions recently, and just looking at his body language, what what's up with Dwight? I mean, he is not. He doesn't seem to be operating, not just playing, but just the way he carries himself. He doesn't seem to be operating the way we're used to in terms of his personality and his, you know, just his his demeanor. It's not the same Dwight I'm used to. He's not acting the way he acted the first few years in Orlando. But, to, I mean, he is acting a little bit like he acted last year mm-hmm. in Orlando. And that makes me wonder if maybe this is Dwight now. Yeah. Maybe this is just who he is. Maybe he's not that guy that he was those first few years. Maybe this is this is the grown-up Dwight that we're seeing now, and it's a different Dwight, and we're not really used to that. I like playful Dwight a little better, Rick. I know everybody <laughs> got on him about it, but. Well, he certainly has a lot more stress now than he's had the last couple seasons, too. I I, I can't say I'm playful Dwight. And, and I can't. I really can't. And uh-huh. I think it's predominantly because playfulness for me, it's ill-placed. Mm-hmm. It's always at times where where I, I need a Dwight that's that's the you know that's the four-year-old little kid who will hit you or bite you if you tell him to go to his room. And and I just don't I don't see it. I want to see it. I can't can't help but believe it has to be in there somewhere. But maybe he isn't. Maybe he's just a kid that pouts and 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 grumbles about you know being mistreated all the time. But if you say to me this is a different Dwight than the one we used to see, then then maybe he's heading in that direction. But he he I, I just I'm still waiting for him to get up to get angry about stuff as opposed to pointing fingers. And maybe it's right around the corner. Maybe this is his presence on this team with Kobe will change that a little bit because as you know, Kobe's Kobe's a little kid that will hit and bite, <laughs> and so maybe that'll rub off on him. I'm not sure that I feel comfortable with Dwight trying to change who and what he is at this stage of his career. I mean, but it hasn't worked, Seku. It worked good enough, Rick, to get him to the finals in Orlando. Exactly. What is what second place? (laughs) I'm saying, I'm saying it got him to that point. Do you think a complete personality overhaul is going somehow? Catapult him that last 12 inches over the goal? Uh, not a complete overhaul, just an understanding of urgency, an understanding that when you go to work, you can you can enjoy where you're working, but it isn't, you know, we're not playing in the sandbox having fun. Like, there's something that at the end of the day, you got you have to get the job done. I don't think, I'm not saying you can't get the job done in a joyful manner. Yeah. I'm saying that when he goes joyful, the job doesn't get done. So I don't know if it's opponents just see a big kid in the play box, not you know that they don't have to fear, versus someone that they have to take serious and be be concerned about going in the paint. And, but look, I don't know. Maybe he doesn't have it in him. Maybe he's not, you know, the scholarly you know big man that that you know I played with or 
would hope that the, you know that the Lakers would have. Maybe that's just not his nature. Maybe he can't change. I'm not asking him to change. I'm asking him to find that part of him that gets upset and that, that actually takes things personally and doesn't laugh it off or point the finger some other direction. I'm asking for him to find that part because we all have it in us. Yeah. There's some toy of the whites that if we took away, he wouldn't just pout. He would bite and hit. And I just don't know if someone took away his basketball if he pouts and hits. Yeah. I haven't seen it yet. Well, he started like, pouting this week, right? I mean, that, <laughs> isn't that what it's been? He's been saying, I, I, I need to get my shots. I need to get my touches. So we're kind of right. he's kind of damned if he does, damned if he doesn't, in a way. Yeah. No, but no, Lang. I know you have a, a, a your son. Your son's only a few months old, <laughs> but but there's a point where your son is going to be a little older, and you're going to tell him he can't do something, and you're going to take something away from him, and he's either going to bite and hit, or he's going to pout and go sit in the corner. And what I'm saying is that there's some toy of the whites that if we took from him. He's gonna bite and hit, and I haven't seen him bite and hit yet. Yeah. Okay. And so pouting is the old Dwight, if you ask me. If he's just pouting, he's still the old Dwight. Mark, you you probably canvas more locker rooms than just about any NBA reporter I know. Does Dwight's name come up at all in conversations about players, about the league, about the Lakers? You know, which I know you probably had plenty of conversations this year about the Lakers. Is Dwight in, factored into that, or is this really a, considered kind of a Kobe, D'Antoni, Steve Nash issue that's plaguing the Lakers right now? And, and Gasol. Well, one thing about Dwight, he, he, he certainly doesn't look 100% to me. Mm-hmm. Um, there was that one play against uh, New York where Felton came down the middle towards the end of the game and threw up a layup, and he just kind of watched it sail over him and go in the basket. You know, That's usually something tossed into the 10th row. Right. So. I think part of his frustration is, you know, I wonder, did he come back too early? Um, mm-hmm. He doesn't look like himself. I don't know when he'll be himself again. And, you know, back injury is kind of serious, but uh, I, I do respect him for coming back. But as far as, like, the stuff as Rick's talking about, too, yeah, I mean, it, when I'm in the locker room uh, before the game, when I've been around him, he certainly has been, you know, relaxed and and playful, but the seriousness and the pressure of this, as Rick certainly understands, of L.A. is a different monster than he ever faced in Orlando. The pressures are certainly ten times greater than he ever faced in Orlando. And um, in L.A., they just expect championships. They expect winning. They don't expect struggles against Charlotte at home. And this is this is something new for him that he, he's got to get adjusted to. And, and I don't know... If he will, he had to know that by going to L.A. that the stakes were higher, the media pressure is higher, the expectations are higher, and and maybe that's something that I might take all season or however long his career is in L.A. to get used to. He he just, I think, used to just smiling and, and patting people on the shoulder and them being, okay, Dwight, and that's how they were in Orlando, but now, you know, there's, there's more scrutiny with L.A. media, there's scrutiny with national media and uh i don't know that that fits his personality but it's going to have to hey mark you make a good point because in orlando they only hope to win a championship still they don't know what it looks like they really don't here in los angeles everybody knows what it looks like and everyone knows when it looks like it's not going in the right direction 
And and so it's not where you're in Orlando and everyone's like, oh, we might win a championship this year. We have to wait. And in the regular season, you know, we don't know if they're playing well or they're playing at a championship level yet. We just hope that we get to the championship. Well, look, the fans know what it looks like, and they've seen it so many times they can point it out on a day-to-day basis. And so that's what, when you talk about that pressure, that's what he's dealing with right now. And and quite frankly, I don't know if he had a fear, he had fear about that because he, they, had to, they had to really sell him on buying into coming here. Yeah. Everything out of his mouth was, I don't want to be there. Yeah. He even said, I don't want to be there. So there was something about him that was fearful about this place and playing for the Lakers. Maybe it was too much pressure. Maybe he thought and looked at it. I don't know if I can live up to all that pressure. Do you see when he's done? When Kobe's done, will he be able to take it if he's still there? That's the thing he has to think about too. Kobe is certainly taking a lot of pressure away. Kobe is putting a lot of it on his shoulders because um, no matter what, in the end, people are going to point fingers at Kobe first. Exactly. But at some point, if the torch is passed to Dwight, will he be able to handle? It? And Rick, like you said, it ain't no okay if we rebuild or. Maybe if we make the playoffs like it is in, in a lot of places. No, Lakers at basketball is championship aspirations every season. And if you can't handle that, that's going to be a hard place to play. But, you know, in some way, Kobe is a little bit bulletproof. You know, he's won all the titles. Uh, he's putting up the numbers. And, and it, right now, people are going to be like, well, the Lakers aren't playing great, but Kobe's getting his. <laughs> <laughs> Kobe's doing what he does. He's keeping us in yeah, this game. Right. Lang, they, they showed a lot of stats about Kobe getting 30, and they uh, never and they lose. Yeah, they kind, yep. they kind of reverted back to it real quick. But that's I that, mean, we won, three, we won three championships here, and after like a nine and I think it was a nine and thirteen start for us in year four, they was booing us too. <laughs> so they don't, they don't care about what we did last year. Yeah, are, are we jumping the gun too on the Lakers? Just assuming that it's. This is a Lakers town, and you know that LA is the Lakers city right now. When the Clippers, <clears throat> excuse me, are playing as well as they're playing right now, I mean, they look like the new kings of LA. If you blink real hard and you know hold it your breath for two be seconds, too hard for them to switch that <laughs> unless they win ten titles. Well, man. I'm talking about the here and now. I mean, we live in a we live in an age when you know a lot of kids that are that are watching in the league right now didn't grow up having seen Michael Jordan play live and then live in color. I mean, we're this is the but here that's and now. Where it changes, say, cool, is with the kids. Yeah. It's not going to change with people my age or the kids in their 20s or 15s. They know That's all they've known as Lakers. So, yeah. For them to all of a sudden, unless they're just a front runner kind of person, switch <laughs> their allegiance to the Clippers no matter what they're doing. I mean, Rick knows this. You, you turn on the radio there, all they're talking is Lakers. I don't care what the Clippers are doing. Yeah. And it's probably the same way in New York with the Knicks, you know? But so much more in L.A. because of all the championships. It's. It's really going to be hard, even with their success, to change the L.A. mentality from, from Lakers uh, for anybody over 20, I think. Yeah. I mean, Twitter, Twitter was a baby the last time the Lakers won a championship is all I'm saying. Twitter was, tw- Twitter was like a – it was this – man, you heard about this Twitter thing. The last time the Lakers actually held a, a parade. And that you know, Lang. That's all I'm how saying many, is how many parades the Clippers have? None, none. But I'm just, I'm just saying, <laughs> how easy is it for people to kind of turn the page on a team when you go five, six, seven years, you know, without winning the championship? I mean, I'm, not, I'm just throwing it out there. Look, I, look, I, I love, I love what the Clippers are doing because at least we have a good team at LA right now to watch. <laughs> but, 
But I'm telling you that the Clippers could win the championship and hang a banner in Staples, which would be their first, and it wouldn't even be noticed. Yeah. With all the other banners and retired jerseys of the Lakers. And so that tells you how far they got to go. And, and let me tell you something. If they win a Western Conference championship and go to the finals and lose the finals and try to hang a Western Conference <laughs> finals banner in the Staples, man, that'll just be so in- representative of what that organization has been. It wouldn't make sense. What a, about a Pacific Division banner? They haven't won one of those either. Come on, man. Y'all, hey, listen. I'm That's trying to true. give him some feel-good love, and y'all They've just never won the Pacific. y'all kicking dirt on the clips when I'm trying to give him some love for rolling right now. But no, you're talking about them overcovering the Lakers. That's what you're talking about. No, I'm just That's saying, what, can they move argument. into the to the public consciousness in L.A. right now, today? Like you know, Christmas Day, there's going to be a double header, double header at Staples. And who and who's playing the JV game? At I'm night? just saying. <laughs> Until they win a championship, they will never have any respect. Man. Championships, plural. Show the kids some love. They show the upstarts some love. Speaking of love, uh, Lang's favorite player in the history of basketball made his splashy between-the-legs return to the NBA over the weekend. Ricky Rubio is back, Lang. I I know it warmed your heart, but what does that mean for the Timberwolves now? What what does that do for them having Ricky Rubio healthy or reasonably healthy and back in action? I think it helps, but, uh, you know, obviously he didn't play against Miami. So yeah. he's not playing back-to-backs. He's not 100%. And they're even, you know, that game he came back, they're limiting his minutes and all that. So, I, But they are fourth in the Northwest right now, the Timberwolves. They've got a ways to go. I mean, uh, I, I think that together with love, like you saw in the game, somebody tweeted, I don't remember who, but they were like, I miss seeing Rubio drop off the pass to love for the three-pointer at the top of the key. Uh, you know, they looked like a more fun team, a different team than we've seen from them so far. But I think, really, I'm, I'm curious to see what happens with Brandon Roy coming back now. Uh, if he can stay healthy, I think that's going to make such a huge difference for that team. Yeah. You are you are you convinced that Rick that with a healthy Rubio, a healthy Love, and if Brandon Roy can come back and give him anything, that that Timberwolves team can can fight its way into the eight eighth spot or or you know the seventh or eighth spot and make the playoffs in the West. Yeah, yeah, that's a that's a legitimate squad. Adelman's done an admirable job with them, considering all the injuries. I mean, Love came in late, yeah, so he'll held it together. Uh, Kirilenko went out for four games. Rubio's back now. I mean, Alexi Shved. I'm liking that kid. I, mean, I can't wait to see the Rubio and Shved together. That should be some some promise there. Even though you know Brandon, I wasn't aware that Brandon was on his way back. I mean, he's he, man. I only wish his health could be a quarter of his character because he's such a such a nice guy, but he just can't can't seem to break through in the health department. But if he gives them even at the two guard position, if he gives them something, that they're definitely to me they're definitely eight seed. Yeah, Mark, you think uh, you think that's legit? Timberwolves is a potential eight seed in the West. Yeah, you know it's going to be really interesting because. You know, keep in mind the Lakers are going to get a lot better. I'm, I'm, I'm guessing. I'm believing. <laughs> um, and then at some point, probably before this month's over, maybe early next year, you know, Dirk's going to get back. Right. So Dallas, which is out of the playoff seed, and same with the Lakers, those are two teams that are going to move up, which I think is going to make it very tough for Minnesota, and also for teams like a, a team like a Golden State, it makes the margin of error for them really, really slim. Because I, I do expect those two teams to 
to fight back into that seventh, eighth, sixth, fifth spot. The one thing, you know, with them is, uh, you know, Minnesota, I wonder if there's going to be a trade there. Derek mm-hmm. Williams, I, I really expect him to get moved. We'll, we'll see what happens or what they could get for him. But they're, they're a team I think will knock on the A spot. But in the end, teams like Lake, the Lakers and Dallas will probably push them out of the way for it. Yeah. We, you mentioned the Warriors earlier, Mark. Um, and I've been, I've been arguing back and forth with some people on Twitter, you know, about how stunned am I that the Warriors are playing this well without Andrew Bogut and are they the most surprising team in the league playing without their star, blah, blah, blah. I, I contend that what the Bulls are doing without Derrick Rose exceeds anything the Lakers are doing without – I mean, or the Warriors are doing without Andrew Bogut, who they've never had Andrew Bogut long enough, you know, on the floor long enough to know what they have in him in, in, with that group. But it, are you are you feeling the, the movement that Mark Jackson is yeah, his, they're, they're, is brought to, to the Bay Area and to that team franchise? They had the We Believe 2007. Now they're trying to call it We Belong. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, the one thing I'll give Bob Myers credit for was was he had five major moves, I think, that really vaulted the, the Warriors forward, even with the injury to Bogut. Mm-hmm. Uh, one was signing Jared Jack. The other was getting Carl Landry. I think those are two real big signees mm-hmm. kind of went under the radar and has solidified their bench and made their bench really, really strong. Um then he, he he drafted every you know Harrison Barnes was obviously a great pick, but he got Jermon Green, kid that was in college for four years, who's who's made an impact, defended LeBron tough in the stretch, and Festus Azili, someone that's kind of went under the radar as a center, but he's starting at center for the Warriors and has been all season, a big kid from Vanderbilt. So he got three rookies. I mean, how many teams have three rookies that are actually making a a strong impact? And, and obviously, Curry's healthy. That's important. David Lee's back to the all-star play he had in New York, and Clay Thompson is progressing. So, all in all, they have a really, really good, fun-to-watch team. Uh, I think the win in Miami was a gritty win and, and said a lot about their character and how good they are. And I expect Bogut, within a month, to be brought back kind of like Kevin Love was, where he's just going to show up out of nowhere and start playing. Yeah. But once they get him, because of their success, I think they could bring him in slowly like New York is expected to with Amari, and he should vault them for to a different level. But I, I, it took me a while, but I really believe that the Warriors will be a playoff team. I don't know that they get past the first, but for this franchise, just making the playoffs would be huge. Well, guys, he mentioned Amari, Lang, and Rick. I, I, went, I, I know a lot of people went for the cheap headlines yesterday. You know Amari. Stoudemire sent to D-League, and knowing that all he's doing is practicing with the Erie Bayhawks. But how big a story you think do you think this becomes in about a month when Amari's back and the Knicks are trying to figure out what to do with him? I think the other the other big headline was, well, at least in New York, the headline wasn't that he went to the D-League. It's that he said he would come off the bench. Yeah. You know, I think that's the thing people are kind of I mean, maybe even worried about is like, is what's he going to be like when he comes back? Is he going to demand he starts? Is he going to demand, you know, he gets the ball more? Is he going to be a ball stopper? Because um, that's what made the Knicks so good is that they're sharing the ball. So I, I think the bigger story, at least in New York right now, is that Amari says he's willing to come off the bench and we'll see how that plays out, uh, you know, once he actually comes back. Um, and we still don't really know exactly when that's going to be. 
Rick, does does he have the right to come back and demand anything when he's been out and the team has played as well as they have? Or, or if you're a starter and a superstar type player, you don't lose your spot due to injury. I mean, where, where does he? Where do you think his he's standing in terms of what he can demand and what he has to accept? Well, I, I don't. I, look, this is professional sports. You play millions of dollars. In his case, I think maybe up close to seventeen, eighteen, nineteen million dollars. And uh, so they're going to play him where it's, it, it best suits the New York Knicks. Right. How he, how he handles that will really reveal even you know more of his character in regards to whether or not it's about him or it's about winning a championship. He's not you know he's not first three years of his career trying to establish himself. Yeah. What's next for him is can he can he win a championship along with his teammates? So you know New York is so hungry for that. Yeah. But I don't think they'll tolerate anything other than that, or you know they'll he'll find himself shipped out. Now it's not to say that he can't add to the equation. I think he can with the right with the right mental approach and the right attitude uh, in, in the equation. And I'm pretty pretty confident that Coach Woodson would will, will find out what that mix is. It might take him 15 games. They're gonna, they can't help but think that. Some of the some of the teammates are going to stand around and look and see how things go, and it's not going to be disruptive. Can't help but be disruptive, but I can't think that his game won't help them further their chances, which is which already after you know twenty five games are pretty good. Yeah. Say, cool. Let me let me add this, and I, and I like to get Rick's take on this. I think one of the things that makes the Knicks potentially great is what made Rick Fox's great Lakers great in the in the early. 2000s, and that's the fact that they had so many veterans, guys like Rick, guys like Brian Shaw, Robert Ori, um, guys that even though you have these stars like Melo and like Amari, uh, I'm sure Jason Kidd will say, look, this is what we're doing. Or Marcus Canby could step up, or Kurt Thomas could step up, or even Raymond Felton's kind of getting to be an older guy in this league. They got veterans that could say something. Yeah. And I'm sure there were times where Rick told Kobe to shut up or told Shaq to shut up. Did you, Rick? Oh, we all did. Yeah. <laughs> like, do you up, understand Shaq. what I'm saying with that? As far as, like, I think Jason Kidd's impact on the Knicks is tremendous. They lost Chauncey and, and didn't have a point guard last year that could really, I, I think, vault them forward or, ha- or lead the team. And, you know, Jason Kidd's influence on this team is quietly amazing. And yeah. he's getting Carmelo to play the right way, and I think Jason Kidd will play a big role of getting Amari to buy in. But it, like I said, I'd like to hear what Rick has to say about it, but it, it's just like those those Lakers in the early 90s, I mean 2000s. They had veterans that could step up to the stars. I think it's definitely the equation. Mm-hmm. Uh, the teams that struggle in this league have it backwards. They have, uh, they have more of their – superstars with age and but the majority of the team made up of young players that are trying to find their way that's a recipe for middle of the road disaster mm-hmm. uh some of these teams that are that are championship you know caliber teams if you look at them their veterans are you know outnumber the youth and whether it's san antonio whose veterans outnumber the youth you know the interesting uh team in okc is is different in that sense where you know, they're, they're veterans to a degree. Still, when you look at the bench, Collison, um, Perkins, you know, some of these guys that are the backbone of the, of the team have numerous years with, new, with, with, with strong voices 
that outnumber any any young, willful, I want to be a star individual play from players. And that's what we did with the Lakers. I mean, Kobe was a stud at the young age, but anytime he was bucking the system or bucking the group, you get six veterans, Harper, Grant, Bishaw, <laughs> Ori, Fisher, myself, you got us all standing around a group. I'm sorry, one can't beat six. Yeah. And especially if the six are all in their 30s and all about winning, and that's all they care about. Yeah. So it's an out. It's it's being outnumbered, and that's what you got the Knicks. You know, I I can't help but think the difference in the Knicks outside of Carmelo, obviously getting into some different shape and coming in wanting to prove uh, he's, he 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 can play like a championship player, uh, is that when he looks in the locker room, he doesn't have to be the leader per se. He can lead on the court in action, but who's leading in the, in that locker room? Are the Jason Kids and the Cambies and the and the Thomases and and, the, and those guys that have been in the league for I think it's twenty five years each I think so about a hundred years total. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, Mark, one last thing before before we let you go. You, you were the one who broke that the uh, New Orleans Hornets were thinking about becoming the New Orleans Pelicans. Uh, what's the latest on that? I, I know there's a report today that there's some other names that they trademarked. Is, is the Pelicans a real thing? No, it's definitely real. Actually, uh, the Hornets were in town in Golden State yesterday. Right. And somebody uh, that's in the know basically said that they still expect to call the team that. And they kind of throw some other names uh, as smoke screens. And also, just in case the NBA says no, they need right. to patent some other names. But, uh, you know, the Pelicans, the, the original Pelicans is, it was a minor league team in New Orleans for about 100 years, um, something that uh, Tom Benson, I'm sure he he watched the minor league baseball team as a kid, mm-hmm. got familiar with the name. The name doesn't make sense outside of Louisiana. <laughs> in Louisiana, it's the, you know, the state bird. It's a, it's a Louisiana symbol. It's on the license plate. Um, it's on the flag. It's... It, I think what they're trying to capture is not just New Orleans, but something that the whole state could identify with. So while it doesn't make sense, uh, it, it, it's kind of like the Nuggets in Denver. I mean, I'm sure it sounded right. the most at the beginning, but it, it may it has an impact on on that state, on that city. And um, I actually wonder why they didn't just call the team the football, the basketball Saints. But everything I'm hearing is they're still 100% going with Pelicans. Do you think the people in New Orleans and and throughout the state of Louisiana, Mark, would would like the Saints for the bat, football and basketball better, or do you think the Pelicans will have enough of a a ring to it to catch on um, in and around the you know the state of Louisiana? Well, I, I think it just at at some point they'll just get used to it. Just like Thunder sounded kind of corny, yeah. You know when it came out, or I mean Nets to me is still a bad nickname. I don't know what that is. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? But it's accepted. Let's debate the nicknames. But I, I do think I like nicknames that have something to do with that city or with that area. And mm-hmm. I'm sure we'll soon be calling them the Pels, <laughs> as a, you know, as a nickname to the nickname. Demetria. Yeah, I mean, so uh, well, and, and, they should. They should. Yesterday, he didn't care. He just wants to play basketball. So yeah. they don't. They don't have to call him the Cans. And the hope cans. they can, they can win going forward. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we can. Yes, we can. They need they need something. I I, I mean I, 
I want to well, love. Eric Gordon's coming back. I know, but I mean, I, I mean, want to love. I want to love him, but I just every time I get get excited for him, something goes wrong. You know. Did you just say Eric Gordon's coming back? Yeah. When? <laughs> uh, looks like next week. Really? Yeah. <laughs> Appreciate you breaking news on uh, the Hangtime Podcast for us. You know, it's, it, I, I won't take credit for it as other reporters. <laughs> stuff that they didn't break, but. Uh, no, yeah. No, uh, do you think that's you week. think that's for the rest of the year until or until the trade deadline? <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's hope the rest of the season. <laughs> Mark Spears from Yahoo Sports joining us here on the Hangtime Podcast. Good to hear from you, big fella. Man, pleasure. Talk to all you guys. Happy uh, Christmas, New Year's, and Hanukkah, of course. Yeah, yeah. And and Kwanzaa. Merry Kwanzaa to you too, brother. <laughs> Mark Thanks, Spears, Yahoo ready. Sports, hanging with us. Thanks, Mark. All right, pleasure. All right, fellas. And whatever voodoo y'all celebrate down in New Orleans. <laughs> <laughs> well, one of these, one of the names that they suggested that they had trademarked is, <laughs> well, the, the other ones are the New Orleans Mosquitoes, the uh, New Orleans wow. Swamp wow. Dogs, the New Big Orleans time. Bull Sharks. Bull Sharks. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, I'm going to leave then, that alone. Joining us now, guys, uh, another man who knows – Los Angeles all too well. A.C. Green, the legend, the man, the myth himself, joining us now on the Hangtime Podcast. Good. Good being on with you guys. Absolutely. Well, uh, A.C., do you – do you? I mean, we were just talking about this new nickname of the uh, New Orleans Hornets. The the Pelicans, does that have any kind of ring to, to it for you for as a former player and a guy who's been around the league all these years? Well, it, it it really actually brings a great sense of fear and intimidation when I hear the Pelicans. I mean, if I if I knew I was going to play the Pelicans, I honestly <laughs> I would not. Uh, I probably wouldn't really think of uh, this is going to be a hard game. Like the Washington Generals might be coming out. That's what I really would think in the honesty. Are you going to do Rick, it? You, I know what Rick is thinking already too. <laughs> I'm thinking, let's go to Bourbon Street for the night. <laughs> we'll have to worry about tomorrow. <laughs> You're not kidding. I mean, man. I, that, yeah, someone's not doing someone a, a bit of favor, that's for sure. AC, <laughs> uh, Lang Whitaker here. I know you have a, a book you're uh, promoting. Can you just tell us about it? Tell us what it's about. Lang, sure. It's, uh, the book is Elves Can't Dunk, and Rob Steed and myself are the authors of this book, and it's a you know it is a children's book. Uh, it, it really emphasizes uh, teamwork, you know, the spirit of teamwork as well as forgiveness, uh, and it's really trying to keep in focus and have a passion. Uh, it's a, it's a, it's basically a story on an elf who basically, um, you know, who wanted to uh, dunk the ball, but more important than dunk the ball, he wanted to really make his pro basketball team in, of course, the North Pole where this is all taking place. Uh-huh. So with with that being said, uh, the young fella, his name is Sebastian. Sebastian goes to tries to make the team, but he realizes, you know, as he's on his journey, he has great passion and zeal, but he realizes that he's an elf, and he's playing against regular normal players, and elves can't dunk. So he, what he decides to do is, since he's an elf working with Santa in the North Pole, uh, he decides to take a little bit of Santa's corn feed, his magical corn feed that the, makes the reindeers fly. 
And long story short, that makes him dunk, and now he's all excited, so forth and so on. And next thing you know, it's a story about him getting along with the coach and the coach trying to now take over this magical corn feed so his team won't be the Washington Generals, a bunch of losers <laughs> who become a bunch of winners. Did you, did you come up with this story? Yeah, man. You had me going there until the performance enhancing uh, drugs from Stanford. <laughs> <laughs> I was all in, man. I was like, I'm with the elf. I'm sharing the tear over here. I want the elf <laughs> the performance enhancing. They're all came out. Talk to me. Make sure it's all legit, right? It's, it's all legit, man. I mean, because, hey, we all know Santa is real. So that's why it's all legit. So, you know, it's a, it's all, it's a real deal true story. It really is. You know, come on. Well, this is the North Pole we're talking about. We're talking about Santa, the Santa. Okay. Can we put these books? I want to buy 15 of them for the Lakers locker room. <laughs> they don't need the book. They just need the feed. They need, yeah. that, they need that magic feed. <laughs> they need the court feed. <laughs> you give Steve Blake some of that stuff. AC, <laughs> hey, what what do you think watching this Lakers team from afar and we're in and what they got going on? I mean, how do you assess them, knowing the history of the franchise as intricately as you do? I think you know you know. Hey, chemistry is very important, and it just becomes even more apparent as you watch. You know, uh, a stellar organization, you know, go through some, you know, just go through the turmoil right now that, you know, obviously everyone knows that they are. And they need all the, they need the horses back, um, but that's not a guarantee, as we all know, too. Um, but I think, you know, it does nothing excuses lack of effort. You know, you got to get out and so do you, you have to bust your behind, you know, in anything you do, of course, but especially in sports, you really do. You can't, you can't make an excuse for not hustling. And so when you hear guys, and, you, and not only hear, but you see – as laymen, you know, and longtime Laker fans, you see people maybe not uh, having a conversion defense, busting their behind on offense or defense, then, yeah, you know there's a problem. And there's an explosion waiting to occur, and we hopefully we won't have to fill, you know, the, you know, the, <laughs> the torment of that across all of Los Angeles. Right, right. Well, we love the – listen, we love the idea of uh, the Magic – corn feed for the Lakers. That might be a, that might be a nice stocking stuffer, and we wouldn't have known about it if we didn't hear about Els Can't Dunk, man. That's that's fantastic. The the being an author in children's books, this is obviously not something you you step into lightly. Is this a path maybe where you see some correlations you can draw between your your athletic history and you know motivational uh, you know words for kids and and people like that? Is this something that you see being a marriage? for the long term for you in terms of something you want to do going forward? Yeah, I, I definitely think so. I mean, this is, you know, this is, uh, gosh, a number. I, I'm not even sure what number of book this is that I either co-authored or authored or yeah. uh, wrote parts of. But I do know, you know, I love writing. I do love getting a chance to really uh, try and inspire and motivate kids in the next generation if it's just through character development type of education, academic uh, curriculums uh, that's been going on for you know over decades now, or you know specific books like Elves Can't Dunk, where you're you're really encouraging kids to you know find a passion, but play fair, play within the rules of the game. And I, I'm looking forward to I'm looking forward to sort of to the next project. But you know this one itself, you know you can uh, you know you definitely go uh, you know Amazon.com has it. You know Kindle it's uh, for all those Kindle users out there. It's uh, it's there and ready. 
Uh, anybody can pick it up online from that standpoint, mm-hmm. or you know, Barnes and Noble, the Nook itself, or you can go to acgreen.com. And uh, we have the, the, you know, I have the printed copy, all the electronic copies are through the other ones I mentioned. Right. No, that's fantastic. That's a good stock and stuff. Rick, you're in L.A. Get get 15 of those puppies and take them down to Staples face <laughs> and put AC's name. You know, sign is Just go ahead and forge his name in there. It'll be all right. Oh, I but no you know what? I, I'm already on Amazon, and I see you can elves can't tackles. And <laughs> <laughs> but, oh, I'm already ordering them. You know that. That's what's up. AC Green joining us, man. We appreciate you coming on with us, AC. Not a problem, fellas. Hey, you guys have a great holiday. Too, you too. Right? Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Happy all right, appreciate it now, Rick. I'll see you around town somewhere soon. All right, buddy. Thank Bye. you. AC Green dropping a little words of wisdom on everybody. Listen, we just took care of our Secret Santa stuff for the Lakers right there. Yeah, we sure That's did. perfect. That's perfect. I th- you know what? Can you a little elf dunk lane? <laughs> yeah, I was thinking if Phil Jackson was still coaching the Lakers, who do you think he would give that book to? <laughs> everybody, everybody on the second I, bus. I wonder who. <laughs> everybody that rides the second I know, bus. But uh, yeah, Secret Santa will let it, will let Secret Santa surprise him. You know, you know, it's it's always intriguing to me though. And we talked to Etan Thomas uh, a couple weeks ago about it as well. Rick, how, and this is this is kind of off the topic, you know. But Rick, how do you how do you tackle your post playing career and what it is you're gonna pour your passion into? I mean, when you play, I don't know. I, I, elves can't tackle. <laughs> I mean, when you no, play no, as long no. as some of you guys have, yeah, and you spend that much time in the league, you have to find somewhere to direct all that energy and passion when you when you realize that you can't play anymore, that or that the time has passed. How do you go about? figuring out where your talents are best. So, I mean, you obviously were working on your, your, your next career you know, a long time ago, you know, being an actor and, a, right. and, all, and all that stuff. But, I mean, what, how, do you, how do you figure that out? Well, it, it, well, the league, first of all, has a program for that where mm-hmm. you can actually walk through you know, as an intern and, and try out a number of different uh, uh, job, job opportunities. Right. Uh, while you're playing in the summer. They have an NBA internship program. I did it a couple times, uh, but it took me being on the set of a movie to figure out that, that I was moved emotionally to do that mm-hmm. for the rest of my life. Because when you retire, like in the case of AC and myself, even AC, AC much longer than me, he played He played for a long time. Yeah. I played 15 years. Uh, and I had a sense of what I wanted to do after basketball about a half halfway through my career, about seven years in. Mm-hmm. So that was a blessing in itself. But not not everybody knows. You get done, you're done at the age of thirty to thirty five, and here it is. That's that's not even, that's maybe a third of your life if you can stay you know if you stay healthy throughout it. Right. And right. and you have all that passion and all that competitiveness and discipline, all the things that made you a pro athlete, don't leave you. You just leave the game, and so you're left with all of that still within you bubbling to get out and, and really quite frankly in a lot of cases you don't have an outlet for that and so for in my case even though i knew what i wanted to do i couldn't i spent the first nine months on a golf course <laughs> and the first nine months at night you know at restaurants and celebrating my retirement traveling the world <laughs> but that gets old you know that gets old at a certain yeah, point that it, seems like that would get really old yeah a horrible existence when you have it 
at your disposal to do at the age of 35 and you don't have to go to you don't have to go to a job you know you there is a limit to how long you can do that and yeah. I'd, like, I'd like to find out what it is <laughs> <laughs> I'm, fine. I'm telling you it, it, it can you can't it just at 35, I, I did it for about nine months. I went, okay, there's got to be something more. I'll, I'll say this. I, Rick actually tweeted something the other night, and I thought it was – it kind of plays into this. Because the other night, like, I was awake trying to get my uh, my kid to sleep. It's like 3.30 in the morning, and Rick tweeted, what would you say? It was something like, I'm wide awake. I think I'm going to go work out. Yeah. Yeah. It's wide, and, wide awake, 3 a.m. in the morning. I can't sleep. I'm going to work out. And my thought <laughs> was, if that, that – well, my thought was, if that was me, it'd be wide awake, 3 a.m. in the morning. Where'd I put that bag of potato chips? <laughs> <laughs> but I think I think that's, you know, that's what makes Rick, and that's what made him a, a successful professional athlete, is that you have that thing that you just can't turn off, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's hard. I mean, it's, I was saying it's exactly what you're pointing to. It doesn't, it just doesn't leave you. Yeah. You know, yeah. I just, it's, I got to do something with it, and I got to. And, and it's actually a lot of times physical. I got to put my body physically in a situation that releases that that twenty years of basketball where I would hit the floor and run, you know, run up and down for three hours and and pop somebody with a forearm. If I do that now, you know, if I'm watching, if I go down to the weight room and do that, people be like, "Why you hit me, man?" <laughs> <laughs> There's no outlet, you know. <laughs> no, I, I, I just, I mean, the more we talk to some of these guys, the more I think about that. You know, at what age do you, you know, it, when you've spent basically a lifetime, you know, 10 to 14, 15 years in the NBA, man, that's that's your adult life a lot of times for these guys. So when they get done playing, they got to start fresh. You know, you got to start from scratch. If you don't have the the wherewithal or the good fortune to be doing what Charles does or what, what C. Webb does or some of these guys or even Rick, you know, where you get to dabble in both worlds, you know, you get to – do movies and that stuff, and work as an analyst. It's it's got to be a tough, you know, tightrope to straddle when you when you don't have a foot in the game anymore. You know, when you don't have I that won't connection. Name, I won't name any names, but you know, you see, you know, you've seen where even some of these athletes, you know, they 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 gamble. They say they're just trying to fill the void. Yeah, that adrenaline, that 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 energy of feeling on the edge and competing. And some of them don't make it out to the other edge, the other or the other side of that. But yeah. it is you're trying to, you know, twenty thousand people standing every other night cheering your name. It's hard to find that man. Uh, it's hard to find that when you when you when you're done. Speaking of thousands of people yelling your name, it's time for bragging rights. And <laughs> guess whose name they're hollering? It's time for bragging rights as the guys put their rep on the line. DJ Gerald Wallace, we got to get a new DJ, man. Somebody bumped the table. What, what we got, Greg? What we, what we got for the bragging rights here? Let's. I, I smell victory, though. This will be our Christmas edition for bragging rights. Currently, Sekou is leading. Thir- he has a wait a minute. Season standings: thirteen and seven. Kiss my converse. Lang and Rick are both at eleven and nine. Having a party still over here, Sekou. You still, missing out? Still living in the projects, boys. Come on up here to. <laughs> come on to the high rent district. Come on now. Moving on up. Moving on up. All awesome. Right, okay, so what, we, what we're going to we do picking? is we're going to pick all five Christmas Day games. Yes. Starting with Boston at Brooklyn. Yes. Seku can go first. That's a showcase game right there for for Brooklyn. Um, you know, and one that they should 
come out fired up and ready to win, so I'm picking the Celtics. <laughs> I'm going with the old heads, baby. I think it's a showcase game for Boston. I think this is about the time they start to turn it on and figure it out. Um, so I'll take Boston also. I think uh, it's an early enough game in the day that I'm going with Boston, too. They're going to be in there the night before on Christmas Eve, focused, pissed off they got to leave the family. <laughs> KG scowling. And, they, and I don't think some of those cats on the Brooklyn Nets are going to wake up in time for that game. Yeah. Going Boston. Nice. All right. Second game will be New York at Los Angeles Lakers. I will take the New York Knicks. Man, I'm gonna be at that game. Uh, How times you gonna say that? I just wanted to throw that out there. <laughs> uh, you know what? If this is Steve Nash, could be very, you know, could be Steve Nash's return to action if he doesn't come back uh, over the weekend. I'm gonna go ahead and break down and pick the Lakers to win this game because I think this is a this is a hold the fort game for the Los Angeles Lakers. They gotta have this one. Uh I think the return of Nash will be uh productive for the Lakers, but not productive enough to <laughs> slow down Raymond Felton and <laughs> and uh Carmelo Anthony. So the Knicks will have been on the road for a day they travel across country. Um, oh, it's a three o'clock game. <laughs> I'm gonna go. I'm going to go to Knicks because that'll be six o'clock in the afternoon. Uh, back in New York. All right. Uh, third game. Third game of the day. Christmas Day is OKC at Miami. <laughs> that's the game. I'm going right to that game, Seku. I know. I, I almost went to that game. That that's going to be that's a showcase joint right there. That is a. That's where you bring the big dogs out. You know what? That's a that's a flip of the coin game. I'm I'm gonna go with the I'm gonna go with the Heat. No, I'm gonna go with the, yeah. I'm gonna go with the Heat. Go. With, I think the Heat are gonna show up in uh, just to remind everybody. Hey, you know, ain't nothing changed, baby. We still we still champs till somebody dethrones us. Lang, what about you? I'm going OKC. I'll tell you right now, I'm going OKC. I am too. Jump on the heat! Oh my goodness! <laughs> and then they're gonna tear up South Beach. Yeah, <laughs> I'm going OKC also. All right, fourth game of the day is Houston at Chicago. AKA, let's all just, uh, turn the TV off and have dinner now. Insanity. <laughs> you know, wait, real quick. You mentioned you being surprised about the way Chicago was playing. Yeah. Without Derrick Rose. I'm not that surprised. Last year they were 18 and nine without him. Yeah, that's different though, Lane. And now it's different when he's got a, It's different when he's out and you know he's coming back, as opposed to when he's out and you know he's out for a, a, a long stretch, like possibly I, three or four say, months. You know, I'm surprised. I agree. Joe, Joe Kim's playing now. I think he's playing fantastic. Yeah, totally. I um, I I think they should bring Rose off the bench when he comes. Back. Oh, stop the madness! <laughs> like Chicago would be on crazy. <laughs> I'm kidding. Don't don't snip that and put that out there. <laughs> Shot time uh, will go crazy. I, all that said, I'm going to take uh, Chicago to win that game. Yeah, I'm taking the Bulls as well. I think they uh, they're the kind of team that takes any anybody walking into their, into their house as a personal affront. They're going to be ready to play, and it's on Christmas, and they're going to assume that people, like Lang said, are clicking the TVs off and eating a little dinner. They're going to handle business. 
I'm going with the man who stretches the floor, Bellinelli. <laughs> Bellinelli having a Christmas Day game of 28 points. Um, bon Chicago Natale. Bulls. Chicago Bulls up, uphold the Houston Rockets. Nice. Okay, and the final game of the evening will be Denver at the L.A. Clippers. Hey, are you going to be at that game, Seiko? Lob City. I'll be there live and in living color. Yes, I'm, I'm going with the – CP3 and, and, and must-see BG and the boys. I'm going with the Clips in that one. I think uh, the Nuggets are, are fast approaching the level of where, and I'm serious, I, I used to think Shaq was picking on JaVale McGee with Shaq and a fool. And now, Ooh. after I watched it over and over again this season, how, I mean, it, it's it's dirty that he keeps throwing them on there, but the man keeps giving him ammunition. He does. And I cannot roll with a team – that that lives in Shaq and the Fool. I'm going. I'm going with the Clippers. Uh, I, I, think- I I'm going to go with the Clippers also. And I'd just like to say that uh, a shout out to Kenneth Fareed for last night. He, he finished 19 points, 11 rebounds, and puked on the sideline yes. during the game. Baller. What? And, yeah. Very good video of that, by the way. <laughs> There's an incredible wow. video. Rick. I, I don't really like looking at it. But <laughs> you don't really see anything except him grab a towel and put it over his mouth. And, <laughs> and immediately Ty Lawson and I can't remember who else, someone jump up and run off to the side. <laughs> but, uh, well, yeah. I, well I, I, don't, I don't see Los Angeles going undefeated on Christmas Day. So <laughs> I think one of the teams are going to bring it home. Yeah. Um, I think they have the wrong team on ABC <laughs> Christmas Day. I think it actually the Clips are worthy of that that game, and uh, I think I think the Clippers will win. I just think that Shaq and McGee are in business together. <laughs> we got to talk to Shaq about that, by the way, because it started out where it just looked like it, you know Javale McGee just did a couple of goofy things, and you know, but. It's a franchise now, man. I mean, he is. I, I'm upset. I will be upset when he's not on Shackton for him. Like, well, what did Javale do last week? You know, cause yeah. the one where he uh, is coming up the floor and like he threw it out, spazzes out, like, and falls into uh, Ty Lawson. <laughs> <laughs> I could watch that a thousand times and laugh every time. We also I mean, need to ask Shaq about this. You know, he's got a new line of vodka out now. Who doesn't? I mean, <laughs> me. You know. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> now we we won't get into Shaq's uh, his, his his vodka line. That's probably get us in some trouble. But we are definitely going to talk Shaq to the fool the, whenever we talk to Shaq on the podcast. Um, again, Greg, could you please read off the standings one more time before we go? Nah, I mean, we, I this is the it. Christmas. This is for everybody. You know, we just want people to know. We don't need it, don't need it again. Don't make us bump that that record player. <laughs> Seku's leading. Uh, he has a thirteen and seven mark at the thirteen seven mark. Uh, Lang and Rick both at eleven and nine. I wonder if he could. I wonder if I could run the table with five games though coming up. I'm just saying a, though. I wonder if there's I, a chance for a pretty big swing here in this next uh, <laughs> next time we're hit together. I'm just saying. Could I run the table? Could I go wire to wire? Start a season two. I really can't stay. <laughs> <laughs> Merry Christmas, everybody. <laughs> Merry Christmas. Listen, guys, we will be back after the holiday. It'll be a, a new year when we crank back up here on the Hang Time Podcast. So to our guests, Mark Spears joining us in the headlines and A.C. Green coming on and making sure we know what stocking stuffers the Lakers need on Christmas Day. We appreciate you guys joining us. Merry Christmas. Happy Hanukkah. Happy Kwanzaa. 
uh, Feliz Navidad and all that other good stuff. We will see you again next time. Thanks for listening to the Hang Time Podcast. To download more episodes of the show, visit the iTunes Music Store. And be sure to check out the Hang Time blog on NBA.com. And as always, Sekuna Matata.